Welcome to Loaded and Rolling. I'm your host, Thomas Wasson, Enterprise Truck and Carry Expert here at Freight Waves. And I'm very excited to have you all on today. Uh, before we begin, a quick word from our sponsor. This Loaded and Rolling episode was made possible by our sponsor, Emerge, focused on empowering and growing meaningful supply chain relationships. Emerge is proud to sponsor the Loaded and Rolling community. Through its freight procurement platform, Emerge offers solutions that enhance the spot and contractual freight procurement process, enabling shippers to make the most strategic decisions possible. Learn more at www.emergemarket.com. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing topics related to the driver shortage with my guests, Mark L. Corey and Dr. David Carell. Before we get into that, we're going to address two quick topics that came from the newsletters. The first one, jumping right in, is the uh, American Transportation Research Institute and industry leaders uh, claim that the driver's shortage is a numbers one. And supporting that, they talk about aging demographics, there's not enough new dri drivers to replace them, and then possible options like lowering the CDL age to 18 to 21 years of age. So most of what the industry is talking about in this regard is just filling the bucket. And when we look at it and we hear about a driver shortage, it's usually focused on that fact or better outreach to fill said bucket. I think that Rachel Primack, uh, when interviewed by Freight Waves with Business Insider, had a wonderful quote. Uh, There's a kind of a growing mainstream media interest in the trucking industry. I don't know if it'll last past 2021 or 2022, but it's interesting to see some journalists and media outlets question things like, is there a shortage? Should we ask someone who is not the American Trucking Associations? Well, dear listeners, you all are in for a treat today because I'm bringing top experts who are not the American Trucking Associations, and we're going to discuss it. That leads us into our topic two, recent research conducted by MIT's Freight Labs, headed by Dr. David Carell. And key points to understand with this, there's an 80,000 driver shortage, but adding 18 more minutes of drive time to each day for the driver would potentially erase this 80,000 driver shortage. It's not one of numbers, it's one of speed and utility. Uh, just to give you an idea, 40% of Americans' trucking capacity is left on the table each day. And it's not a consequence of what drivers are doing, but it's a byproduct of scheduling and processing pickup and delivery appointments. You know, we're, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. The supply chain is based on its own inefficiencies. Despite having the ability to drive 11 hours, this research concluded that the average driver only drove for six and a half hours. So this brings us to an amazing concept of leaking hours. This is time that the driver cannot drive because they're waiting to be loaded or unloaded. And you know, this is one of the four the fundamental issues of the research. So moving on to our guests, let's talk about these ideas here. With me today is Mark L. Quarry, CEO of the trucking tech startup AI Fleet and MIT's Dr. David Carell, research scientist, at the MIT Center for Transportation and Logistics. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks, Thomas. Good Thank job. you. Good to very be happy. Very happy to be here. Happy to have y'all as well. We're going to dive right into some questions here. The first one, uh, it's going to be to the both of you. It is a trillion-dollar question, and it is, is there a driver shortage? Mark? Well, I would say today, with everything, if we keep everything the way it is, clearly there is a driver shortage. We, we actually believe that the 80,000 that ATRI mentioned is true. I would say the, the fallacy there is 
not everything has to stay the same. The research from MIT clearly highlights that driving only an additional 18 minutes a day would actually solve that driver shortage. So definitely, if we do nothing, we keep the status quo, there is a driver shortage and it is going to get worse. However, I think our job in the industry is to say, the solution, what is the solution to the current driver shortage? Is it to add more drivers or is it actually going to exacerbate the problem? The solution is probably to just take the existing driver population and give them what they want, which is actually drive more, reduce the dwell time. That is actually what will make the driver's lives better and eliminate the driver shortage. And Mark, I really like your point. Uh, you know, drivers just want to drive. David, you know, did you all find that out similarly with that MIT research? You know, is that is that pretty much what we're missing here? Yeah, yeah, thank you. And then I really like how Mark framed it as well. You know, I think, so what we observed, which which uh, you've categorized very well or explained very well for the audience, is you know, American truck drivers appear to be severely underutilized when they could be legally driving for 11 hours per day. On average, we find them driving six and a half. And the, the puzzle that really struck us there is then, you know, there's, there's no shortage of headlines that say the driver resource is scarce. And then we think, well, how can it be simultaneously underutilized? So what that really says to me is that when we think about the problems that people experience as a driver shortage, which I, I do believe that people feel that, you know, I think shippers that talk to me say, Dave, we can't get a truck. And, and that is a real problem. Uh, it's, it's one that can be addressed not by just bringing more people into the fold and similarly squandering their time as we have the existing population of drivers, but getting more out of the population of drivers that we have. And I, I really like that getting more out of the population of drivers, you know, especially, you know, we ask ourselves, is, how, how did we get here? We hear there is a, a Twitter thing posted by Craig Fuller back in the day showing from the 1940s, 50s, and 60s, we need more drivers. Like, you know, how, how did we end up in a situation from, from y'all's experience to where uh, we are, we're just underutilizing something that could obviously just save us time? David, what, what if from the research have you all noted on that? Sure. So, so I think when we look at where's the, the low-hanging fruit, as it were, in, in solving this problem, or at least addressing this problem, I think it has a lot to do with the way we process uh, drivers at pickup and delivery appointments. And the way we do that is a consequence of, I think, a, a systematic and historical undervaluing of the driver resources time. And I think we've come up with conventions for running the industry, for scheduling their pickup and delivery appointments that doesn't place a high enough value on the time of theirs that's wasted by sleep. So, so I think we got there. We stepped away from a real true appreciation of the value of the time of the driver resource we have. Uh, time is of the essence. And I think that kind of, Mark understands it firsthand. You know, when you mentioned bringing on the, we don't really care about the pickup and the delivery appointments. You know, the, the shippers just look at it as I'm just paying for transportation. Give me a truck. And then it's someone else's problem. Um, Mark, what's it like, you know, starting a carrier from scratch, starting a tech startup trucking company? Like, how, how does this not valuing of the time affect you directly? Yeah, it definitely affects, right now it affects us entirely. I would say just to, to continue on the, the previous point, when we think about the dwell at facilities, definitely it's high and, and sometimes it feels like it's not entirely in our control. If we feel like our mission as a trucking company is to serve all customers, we let's assume that we are actually not allowed today 
or it's going to take a lot of time to, to teach warehouses to be more efficient. I would say probably today the lowest hanging fruit actually has nothing to do with technology. If we go to truck stops today, how many drivers will tell you they are sitting waiting for their dispatcher to get them their next load? That is a source of well, that is a source of inefficiency that should simply not be present in the industry and alone would alleviate so many of our problems. The second okay. source, I'm sorry, go ahead, Thomas. Oh, yeah, no, sorry on that second source when you're mentioning Dwell. Um, you know, I, I really like sitting at a truck stop waiting for dispatch. Uh, hugest low-hanging fruit in the world and then even picking the loads. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many times I'd get calls, people just asking, hey, can I get my dispatch info? I just click a button when I was a fleet manager. And it's insanity, like you said, that we would just, you know, criminally uh, shoot ourselves in the foot here and not even get the driver his information to pick up the load. That, that is a source of inefficiency that hurts trucking companies' bottom line, and it hurts their employees, who are the truck drivers. That is a source of inefficiency. I remember working sometimes with large carriers. They're like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll plan, you know, I'll plan this driver after lunch where we're going to really sit a driver for an hour just because we weren't proactive enough to make sure that all our drivers not only have a load, but are pre-planned. And this is actually, this and that, that source of dwell, but this is also what technology is helping. It's understanding, it's being able, giving you the ability to pre-plan your drivers, making sure every single driver in your fleet has a load, has a load assigned to them before they deliver their current load. And now with technology, we know when our drivers are going to be available. We have an idea of what their dwell time is going to be at the facility. So we are able to give them that next load. That is, I would say, by far the easiest part of the supply chain inefficiency that is at the hand of literally every single carrier. But the other sources of dwell, like making sure that the drivers do not arrive, are assigned loads where they do not have to arrive hours early for the pickup or hours early for the delivery, that is a more sophisticated source of dwell that technology is very efficient at identifying and bypassing. And where it's actually very hard, especially when you take care, when you think about hours of service and when a driver has to take break and parking, it obviously becomes very tough to do that scheduling from a manual perspective where you know a human is making those assignments. This is where technology shines and allows you to take into to, to solve. The second very big source of well, which is waiting for your appointment at the warehouse. I, I like waiting for the appointment at the warehouse because, you know, you did a great job illustrating how carriers inherit, incur their own dwell. Um, you know, David, as you guys, you guys went through and worked with carriers with thousands of trucks, tens of thousands of load assignments going through the data. Um, you know, Mark's talking about on the ground examples of how this dwell happens. What, what are your thoughts? How, is there a way to do it better? I'm, I'm thinking... If you think about uh, air travel, for example, think about how uh, airplanes are scheduled to land, you know, at runways at, at an airport. Well, there's quite a bit of planning that goes into making sure that all of that happens on time and is respecting of, you know, where the passengers need to get off, how many passengers are in the plane, how much fuel is left in the plane. Those kind of scheduling algorithms are out in the world, but they are applied very rarely to our trucking resource. So, you know, that's a long way of saying kind of to Mark's point is that I think there is a real opportunity to bring more sophistication and more technology to the way that we schedule our truck drivers, if for no other purpose than to get more out of the scarce resource. 
I, I like that where we're not, if the airlines can figure this out, the movement of people in a timely manner at a place like the Atlanta airport or Dallas, um, you know, trucking is definitely struggling with that. Do you, do you think that, uh, this question for both of you as well, in your experience, is this because of size perhaps? Is it just because it's fragmented and chaotic? There's not a unified carrier? Um, David, what would your thoughts be? Is this an issue because of size and competition or incentives? Well, I, I'll be a little mathematical in my answer. I apologize, but um, that's, that's not the solution space I would explore first for this. And I guess that's just a fancy way of saying that's not my first stop when addressing it. I think it's more of just a, a convention of perhaps underinvestment in the speed and agility of our truck-based supply chains. You know, I, I think that we've always seen air transit as um, sophisticated and high-tech, but we've failed to give that same appreciation to the way that we schedule our inbound trucks almost by, by virtue of culture, not so much lack of... Um, uh, of too much fragmentation, because I would almost worry on the other side that without that competition, there wouldn't be incentives for entrepreneurs like Mark's firm and others to come up with those solutions and, and win that business. I like that point. Mark, being that entrepreneur, having that opportunity, you know, um, what what are your thoughts? How, how do you think, uh, how can we save the world of freight? There is... There's a lot. I think what our, our obsession right now is is from how do we save the world of freight is that where is the biggest pain point in freight right now? The biggest pain point, if you were to ask the folks who are actually generating the revenue or the drivers, it is it is their utilization. It's their pay, which comes from their utilization. So focusing on giving them, on reducing one source of wealth, just like the ones we talked about, that will have such a massive impact on the livelihoods of literally millions. And at the same time, makes an impact at the, at the trucking companies as well. I would say where sometimes when, when we used to think of this problem before we started the company and, and how it compares to other industries, there is no question that trucking has more complexities than many other industries. You know, instead of thinking about hundreds of airports, we're thinking about thousands and thousands of warehouses that definitely adds to the complexity. The other parts of the complexity is the network inefficiency in trucking, the, the massive fragmentation, which also obviously creates an opportunity. You know, in trucking, a load that might be very well suited for your network can actually be snagged by any trucking company out there and potentially adds to the inefficiency of the combined network. You know, we, we tend to think of ourselves as, you know, a trucking company, but there is literally hundreds of thousands of trucking companies competing for the same load. That competition, as good as it is, sometimes it actually, instead of reducing inefficiency, it helps reduce the rate, but it adds inefficiency to the overall supply chain network. So there are ways to think about would the world be better or worse if instead of having 100,000 trucking companies, we have something that actually resembles a little bit more the airline, where you have many large trucking companies competing with one another on rate, but not necessarily adding to the supply chain inefficiency. That, that to us is something that is worth looking into and exploring to try to understand how can we help each other as opposed to uh, right now, potentially adding more inefficiency into the network. And I, I like to talk about network optimization. I know, uh, David, a lot of the research y'all have done as well has been not only on like bidding characteristics, but 
Uh, how, how would a shipper interact with a carrier and, and optimize the network? Uh, from your experience, you know, we're talking about this as a network issue as well, large scale. Um, what are some things that shippers and even brokers can do to just uh, help make it easier on the carrier and just try to help themselves? Oh, I'm sorry, I lost you for the last bit of that question. What what can they do to help what? I'm sorry. Yeah, no worries. It's um, So, you know, given these inefficiencies, given this competition, what are some things that uh, shippers and, you know, brokers and folks who are giving the loads, what are a few things they can do that can set them up for success when trying to work with uh, carrier partners from your research? Oh, sure. Gosh, so, you know, we, we have research that suggests that consistency of tendering matters to carriers. Uh, another one that, that came up that, that your question brings to mind is, you know, we've seen that drivers, you know, especially if we're looking at like uh, over-the-road drivers, you know, rarely go to the same place very often. But when we look at occasions where they do, they come through much, much more quickly. So I think, you know, consistency of both um, the tendering out to the carriers, but also consistency of assignment to the drivers could pay real benefits. Consistency and predictability you would say are definitely big things to help out to make sure that you know we're we're able to help speed things up and not just randomly throw out load tenders and expect you know last minute. Yes, I I think those are very you know it, Mark's seen it firsthand. You you work with some folks they give you a load they don't give you all the details and they expect you to show up and they don't do their job and due diligence on the back end. I mean it can be extremely frustrating, especially given uh, COVID warehouse, you know, the great quittening where people aren't even staffing the warehouses completely. Uh, it's, it's something we're finally paying attention to it. It, it kind of brings me into my next thought here. And this is why I'm curious because you guys have both, uh, you know, David, you've researched it, Mark. How do we hold uh, customers accountable? How do we know which ones are good is the good question. Mark, have you, have you found any ways to figure out the good ones or the bad ones? You mean the customers from the bad customers? Yeah, the ones where you go in, you're in and out in 30 minutes, or the one you go in and it's half a day, bring your lunch. <laughs> you know, as I said earlier, we, we really think we have a role to serve even the large warehouses, of course, because our role is to move freight. Now, we do, we would love to have a little bit more accountability from some of these locations that detain drivers, sometimes without giving us the, the right information. I think sometimes all we ask as a carrier is, transparency. If we are running behind, let us know ahead of time so that maybe we can potentially schedule a different truck. If the load we were told is available at 8 a.m. is actually now only going to be available at 4 p.m. Well, from our side as a carrier, we could potentially still take the load, but maybe we'll take it with a driver better suited to take that load. This, you know, this lack of communication, sometimes at warehouses where you get loaded for hours, it's just really, really destructive, not just on our assets utilization, but you have a human there waiting, sitting to get loaded. And of course, we're messing up their hours of service. This is just for us uh, one of the unfortunate things of the supply chain situation today. But obviously, there's a solution to it. We are able, as we grow, as we collect more data on where we are spending, where we are spending more time getting loaded and unloaded, if things do not change, of course, we can start, our technology can start deprioritizing warehouses with long dwell times just because on, a, on an hourly basis, they don't make as much sense for us as they would warehouses that typically pay the same rate for a load, but you get loaded out of there in 30 minutes. Our technology 
will start bypassing the warehouses with, you know, with, with very long dwell time. I like the topic when you talk about it, transparency. And I think that touches on some research that Dr. Carell had worked on. You, during your house testimony, you talked about recommending a way for, uh, you know, holding, you know, shippers, uh, uh, just evaluating them and grading them. Uh, could you explain a little bit more about what, you know, you would recommend as a way to try and get that transparency and try and, you know, reduce the, the dwell issues? Yeah, yeah, gladly. I, <clears throat> I think, you know, one of the things that I've done with, with our research partners when we work together to share data is just go through, you know, as a teacher, I can't stop my compulsion to do this, is to give all of their customers a letter grade based on their historical average dwell time. You know, so we do that and that has some implications for the, for the management. But what I've really thought about is, could we standardize those grades similar to the way that like a, a board of health does for a restaurant health inspection so that you know, everyone who's going to do business with this particular shippers knows what their historical average dwell time is and then you know, can decide to service them or not, but can build that historical record into their price. I find that that does happen with isolated data sets. So there certainly are carriers out there right now who are doing that. But we don't have some sort of centralized um, repository of that data so that if two parties that have never done business together before are going to enter into an arrangement, you know, they can access one source of truth to understand what it's really like to service this facility. And I think if we did that, that would provide sort of the market incentive or the price pressure to speed up our supply chains all over. I, I think that's an amazing point. Um, you know, having that ability to even where the customers don't even know it, maybe if there is a unified, like a USDA grade, but actually a shipper grade, you know, now the customers are like, oh, I didn't even know that before because it's so hard for them to evaluate their own supply chains. Um, you know, transparency, and as we're getting more technology, those are gonna be big factors to keep an eye on. Um, so I'm thinking here, I know that we're, we're coming near, near the end, but I do have an off-topic question. Uh, this is a fun one. If you had a trucker CB handle, which one would it be? Mark, what would your CB handle be? <laughs> I think I'm, I'm going to pass that one off for David. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mark. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh... <laughs> No wrong answer. Well, I mean, if if I if I if I could name myself, I would just out of uh, homage to the great movie Convoy go with Rubber Duck, but I probably haven't earned that distinction, so I'd probably be average guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mark, do we have do we have a second option here? Was there? <laughs> <laughs> I won't pressure you. It's just not. Yeah, as, as I said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not very good at those, unfortunately. <laughs> I like it. Well, I, I really appreciate having you guys on the show today. I think, you know, especially the stuff that we, we got to talk about today, it's so important. Uh, you know, we, we hear everything on one side about let's fill the bucket. And it turns out that if we just work on, you know, transparency, a little bit more efficiency and just a little more communication, understanding what these folks are going through, uh, we can we could potentially not only make it easier, but save the world of freight. I'm going to throw it out there. Just put it on there. Bam. It's going in my Super Bowl commercial. But gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate having you all on. If you want to find uh, Mark, you can go to www.theaifleet.com. I also did aifleet.com and it redirected me. So I'm going to hold you accountable on that. And then you can find Mark on LinkedIn 
as well as Dr. David Carell. Uh, you can reach him via LinkedIn or check out the research at MIT Freight Labs, www.freightlab.mit.edu. Gentlemen, thank you all for your time. Thank you for having us. Hey, thank you. We're, we're running low here, but if you want to find more Loaded and Rolling, uh, check it out. You can find my newsletter, freightwaves.com slash loaded and rolling. Also, additionally, we'll have the podcasts uploaded and uh, check it out, subscribe it. It'll be on Spotify, on Apple, and anywhere else where you may find podcasts. So, thank you, everybody. Uh, this is Thomas Watson with Freight Waves signing off.